was not the beginning. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the wheel of time. But it was a beginning. Hello and welcome to The Wind Was a Beginning. This is a podcast about Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time. This is Season 3, Episode 8, Life Lessons with Matram Cawthon. So good to be with you again and back here to talk more Wheel of Time. My name is Justin and uh, Stephen is here with me as always. Stephen, how are you this week? I am doing great. Uh, it has a, been a good week. I'm, hey man, I'm, I'm hearing, hearing that. I'm, uh, you know, it's been a, a little while since uh, we got to sit down to record. We kind of got some schedules mixed up, but um, we actually got to see each other in the meantime, didn't we? <laughs> we did. Uh, one of those yeah. rare occurrences. Yeah, we, uh, you know, we grew up together for, I, I don't remember how many years and, uh, saw each other almost every day at one point. Um, yeah. and now it's, uh, few and far between, but we still get to chat and, uh, talk about some cool stuff. And uh, when we get a chance, get to see each other. I had fun. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, things didn't go uh, entirely as we planned, but um, uh, we <laughs> you know had, they never uh, do. Uh, but it was still a lot of fun. Yeah, I had some 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 good eats and a good cup of coffee. Uh, good conversation. Yep. I could I could have kept going for probably two or three more hours, uh, just hanging out and in, enjoying the uh, time we had together. Um, just like I could probably do every week. Um, on this show, I think we could easily record for two or three hours um, on yeah. any episode. But uh, I know I don't particularly like listening to podcasts that are that long. I just don't have that kind of time. Um, maybe you do. You would prefer us to do that. And uh, <laughs> we're sorry if uh, that's your preference. But uh, uh, we try to keep it um, hour to an hour and a half maximum. Uh, yeah. plus I just don't have time to edit three hours. <laughs> There's just no way. Oh, anyway. Oh, Stephen, what are we uh, talking about this week as we, uh, dive back in uh, for, for the listeners? We were just here last week, <laughs> but for us, yeah. it's been, it's been a couple of weeks. So what are we getting into this week? So this week we are getting into chapters 19 through 21 of the dragon reborn, right? I yep. think. I think Sorry. that's the I think that's the book we're on. <laughs> yep. Uh, book three in the Wheel of Time. Book three in the Wheel of Time, which I'm still maintaining, at least of the ones that I have read, is is probably still one of my favorites. Uh, I know I haven't finished the series, so I may change that by the time we get done. But um, I, I'm I'm finding this this one uh, difficult to put down. Like I read yeah. the chapters. Uh, that we're supposed to read each week, but I, I kind of want to keep going. But I, I had <laughs> well, to stop myself from doing that. Well, this one, uh, you know, we finally got a firm footing and understanding of the basics of the world. We've established our characters in the first two books. So this book can really 
doesn't have to spend a lot of time building anything. It can just go with what we know and and let the characters grow and move about in the world that we've established. So it moves a lot quicker. Yeah, we're really, really getting into the, the meat of the story now. Yeah. We've spent some time uh, setting things up, and now we're we're really getting into some good stuff. And I know it's just going to get better. Uh, I, I know it's just going to get better from here, so I'm excited for that ride. But first, got to get through this one, and we got to get through these three chapters. So let's start. If, if you're ready, let's get going. I'm ready to go. All right. Chapter 19, Awakening. Matram Cawthon awakens in Tarvalin, weak and hungry. Memory starts to come back to him, all as Matt eats enough for four or five men, and still feels hungry afterward. Questions abound, but one thing Matt knows, he doesn't want to stay in Tarvalin any longer than necessary. All right, well, last we, we left off, which... Again, for the listeners, would have been last week. Matt has just been here. I think that's where we left off, right? That was chapter 18? Yep. Matt, being Matt had been healed. And so we pick up in chapter 19 with him being, um, him waking up and ravenously hungry, apparently. Um, but it's interesting to me, he doesn't really realize how hungry he is. <laughs> Until all the food is gone and he still kind of wants a little bit more. I'm sure it was good food, yeah. don't you think? Yeah, I mean, from the descriptions, it sounds like it was outstandingly good food. It makes me hungry just reading it. Yeah, it was some roast beef and uh, some other other things that sounded really tasty. Uh, so yep. um, enjoy it, Matt. Uh, it sounds like you're going to be getting a lot of it for, for quite some time. But more on that later. Um, memories. Yeah. Uh, what else can we say, right? <laughs> um, yeah, quite a bit, I guess. But the the memories are a major part of of this chapter. They are. Uh, you know, we get this even the, from the moment he wakes up, his memory is all kinds of screwed up. Um, actually, in our notes, I refer to it as shattered. Uh, okay, because that's kind of how it feels to me. It's like his memory is broken and missing pieces parts of it are coming in and out like names will suddenly pop into his head and he'll be like oh yeah i remember that but i don't remember why i remember that <laughs> you know it's very uh wibbly wobbly in his mind yeah. uh, and then of course on top of his own memories being broken and shattered he's got weird new memories that aren't his yeah i, I want to before before we get into the new memories i, I want to talk you know, just just with the old memories. Um, why 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 do you think that is? That I mean, I, I had a thought that okay, maybe I should just give my thought because you probably know. <laughs> uh, you know, my thought was just something you know along the lines of with everything with the state he's been in for you know months now, everything with the dagger. I'm I'm almost not surprised that there should be gaps or broken places in his memory. Uh, it was kind of the way I, w I was thinking about it. Like, I mean, almost like if you are, you know, if you have, have a really high fever, you start having like fever dreams, fever visions, and then you wonder what's reality, what's not, what's not true, that kind of thing. I mean, he, he's been almost at the point of death. Yeah. So it is one way I'm not surprised that 
his memory should be a little a little fuzzy, but I'm sure there's something else that's playing in on this. Yeah, maybe it has something say... to do with... Go ahead. No, go ahead. Continue. I was going to say, maybe it has something to do with the new memories that are there, um, that weren't there before. I don't know. So, I think you're on the right track. Um, this particular issue is not something that is ever really, like, full-on explained, um, so it is open to a lot of conjecture. Um, in my opinion, it is a mix of what you've just talked about and something else. I think okay. it is uh, definitely partly caused by the state he was in physically, um, at the toll it was taking on his body, basically like if you were an extreme fever case. Um, like you said, I think that's definitely part of it. I think part of it as well has to do with the dagger itself and that possession aspect of the dagger. Okay. Um, that part of the dagger that was trying to consume and take over. I think the, the biggest gaps in his memory are probably the times when the dagger's pull was the strongest. Okay. Well, so, so those times memories were harder to form because it was less matte. And more the and dagger. More the dagger. More 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 death. Yeah, and so when they okay. exercised that, those basically when they went in, think of it like the uh, the dagger was like a bramble, and it had like thorns that were going into his mind mm -hmm. and latching on. Basically, when they healed them, they plucked and removed each of one of those. But when they did, whatever was attached to them was also they, damaged in the process. Yeah, when when so when they exercised the demon, so to speak, they exercised some of the memories too. Yeah. Okay. Because they were basically, you know, even though they were able to remove all of the bramble and thorns, damage was still done in his mind. Okay. Uh, all right. In just in the removing of those, you know, if you try if any you get a puncture wound and then you go to pull it out, you're going to do some damage just by pulling it out. Yeah. It's, yeah. You have to get rid of it, but it's doing damage. And I it's, think that's part, uh, the other part of here of what happened. Okay. Interesting. Um, but again, that, that's not all that's going on. There are these, uh, what can we call them except for new memories? Yeah. Uh, new, new memories new, of old things. Yeah. New, new old memory. Actually, yes. Yes. So that's the way you put it in the, uh, the, the notes, yep. new old memories. Um, yeah. seemingly, <laughs> uh, Seemingly going back to Manetherin, and I'm guessing the Trolloc Wars? Correct. Okay, which were, I think, 2,000 years ago or something like that? Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Matt, well, what, what, does, he, what does he see? Uh, what, what is happening in, in this memory? Or, uh, the first one that we, we get, um, which is sparked by Matt just speaking the old tongue... Yeah, just seemingly at random, like, well, okay, that that's a thing now. Yeah, and, and it's it's just as in, in confusing and bewildering for him as it is for us as the readers. Yeah, um, yeah, it it seems to me it's a memory of a some type of a battlefield commander. Um, so basically, it's the commander of the Heart Guard, no less, for right. Manetherin. Right. Um, should we know? what the heart guard is. Um, so I mean, I, I get the I'm impression correct. that it's, I, I get the impression it's something important 
like a, a major like military unit in Manetherin, but I, I'm, I was wondering, should we, I feel like this, to, if I'm, my memory, this is the first time we've heard that, but I could be mistaken, of course, because I don't remember anything. I'm looking it up real quick to make sure. I'm pretty sure it's just a formation. Like basically, it would be just off the top of my head. Um, it it's basically like the interior guard, like okay, the heart of the army, like okay. the the center, basically. Okay. You know, the center must hold. Okay. Um, All right. Now it could also refer to the guard for the. Like royal family, like you know what I'm saying. Like if the king yeah. or the queen were in battle, could be the ones that were specifically guarding after them. Like a like a like a king's guard or imperial guard, something like that. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Interesting. Now, uh, one thing that was mentioned in the, now the memory is Matt is essentially he's the one like. The way he's remembering it, he's commanding the soldiers, right? Correct. Like, he's not sitting off to the side watching this happen. He is himself in that position of commander. And there was one um, thing mentioned, uh, maybe, I don't know if we've heard the term before. I think we've probably used it, um, but maybe we need a reminder. What are Dreadlords? So... Dreadlords are dark friends who can channel that are specifically giving given roles of authority. So think of them as like the dark side generals. Okay. Um, okay. So not the Forsaken, not right. that high up, but basically any male or female channelers that go to the dark and lead and command the armies. Okay. Are dreadlords. All right. So somewhere above regular dark friends but below the Forsaken. Yes, but specifically they can channel. That's the big thing. Right, right. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think that, that was implied, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So, and that, that kind of is... That's a ma- the memory is a major part of this chapter. Uh, and, and kind of throughout, you know, things slowly start to return to him. Things that have been happening, you know, uh, the dagger, Shatter Logoth, uh, all of this stuff that he's been going through for, what, roughly a year now. But there's also the issue of just trying to figure out where he is when he wakes up. Yeah. Because <laughs> when, he, when he got here, um, <laughs> he's not... Uh, you know, he, he's practically, I mean, they, what were they saying? He was probably possibly hours from death. And so uh, I imagine he wasn't very alert as to the situation. But now he's awake, he's alert, and trying to figure out where he is. And that brings up some <laughs> interesting, uh, I guess, character development for Matt. Yep. Uh, and by the way... This is our first POV with Matt. Okay. So this is our first time to get inside his head, and I absolutely love Matt. Not going to lie, he is my favorite character in The Wheel of Time. In the whole thing? In the whole we're, thing. We're going we're to say that right now in book three. This is your favorite character. All right. That's that's fine. Yep. 
for our listeners out there, I will say that is not a spoiler. I'm not telling you that Matt lives throughout the entire series. Ooh. But of all the characters in the series, he's my favorite. That was dirty. <laughs> that that was a dirty trick you just played, sir. Uh, I, oh, that. All right, let, let's keep let's keep talking about Matt. I don't even want to think about that. Um, uh, how does Matt figure out where he is? Um, I think it's all up to looking out the window, basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, noticing how fancy the room is, uh, how yeah. fancy the food, the dishes. You know, he he basically realizes that the room is nice enough that it ought to be in a palace. And then little by little, his memory starts to come back in pieces. Yeah. Well, it's kind of it's kind of a case of he's just he's he's piecing together every little thing that he has, and uh, the reason to bring that up is you know he mentions you know how there's this little discussion about his father and how he had kind of learned that from him, you know, examining yeah. the situation from all sides and um kind of figuring out the best way to to proceed which is a uh shall we say very tactical approach yeah it's a very <laughs> uh, methodical and tactical way of thinking uh that yeah. this is the first character that we really see who does this um as far as like people that we've seen that we get to pov with right right um because rand is very reactionary yeah like he just kind of goes with whatever's happening around him and makes jump decisions. And Perrin is like uber methodical yeah. to the point of overthinking right. everything. Matt kind of falls into the middle. Um, he will react as fast as he needs to, but he's also at the same time taking in the surroundings and putting views of the world kind of like a puzzle. Yeah. And, and maybe to, you know, add to that, he, he, you know, he takes the evidence that's before him and forms the conclusion, you know, somebody like Perrin might sit there and continue to puzzle over it for much yeah. longer than is necessary. Matt figures it out and gets it going, um, you know, figures out real quick, figures out he's in Tar Valen, which um, we already knew that. He knows that now. And all he can think of at some point is, how do I get out of here? Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, it really all comes down to, for him, um, getting, finding a way out and finding the funds to support him uh, when yeah. he gets out. And there's one interesting little bit uh, related to that that actually has me a little bit worried. Okay. And that is he starts wondering if he might be able to keep the ruby that was in the dagger. And and I think something is said, you know, along the lines of possibly selling it and the kind of silver that it could bring, but I don't know, just something about, you know, after everything we've seen with that dagger um uh, just the the fact that Matt is even still thinking about possibly having a part of it back is concerning, and and I guess the question that I have an open ended question that um maybe we'll get an answer for. I, I don't want to 
have anything spoiled. But my question is, is there something of Mordeth that could still be left within him hmm. that could be pushing his thoughts in that direction? Because cause the, the Omerlin said after he was healed, I wrote this down uh, in my personal notes, that it was too early to know what sort of long-term effects might linger. Right. And so is there something still there that's pushing him in that direction? It worries me. Um, uh, I really guess I'll have me. to, for right now, I'll just have to leave you with a raffo. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm, I'm happy to do that because I do want to um, see how that plays out and, yeah, not have it spoiled for me. So, uh, Yeah. But the good news is, at least as far as we can tell, uh, Matt's healed. He's awake. He's hungry. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um. And uh, you know he's he's already making his making his escape plan, if you will. Yeah. He doesn't waste any time. He's yeah. like. Well, I guess I'll eat this while I'm thinking, and then before he realizes he's eaten the entire thing. Well, it's almost uh, like it's almost like he doesn't even think about that he's eating it because I think it's mentioned yeah. when he first starts, he just casually took a piece of of the beef and started, yeah. you know, munching on it. Um, it but, it's kind of to me, it, it seems almost like um, I don't know if you've seen the uh, Sherlock Holmes show with Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, but there's a a thing he does in that it's called his mind palace. Okay. Um, to me here, it seems like what's happened is he sits down at the table. He's thinks, Oh, well, I'm going to think about this and I'll, uh, just eat a little. And he, he gets so consumed in his thinking that his body is basically just autopiloting, eating the food while his mind is off somewhere else puzzling out. Okay. I'm in Tarvalin. How am I going to get out of here? What's going to happen now? What, you know, and he's just his body is doing its job while his mind is checked out somewhere else, just Ooh. puzzling over everything. <laughs> uh, I've had moments like that. Yep. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever eaten enough for four or five men in moments like that, but <laughs> um, but I've had moments like that where I just kind of check out and my mind is somewhere yeah. else, while my body is. I do that a lot when I'm reading. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, my, my, my eyes and my fingers keep going over the pages, but then I get like five, six pages later and realize I have no idea what I just read because <laughs> my <laughs> mind has been somewhere else. And that's probably why I don't remember anything. Um, when I, when I read these books, <laughs> we found the answer. <laughs> we found, we found this, the solution. Um, yeah. I'm working on that. I'm working <laughs> on that. Um, Anything else there in chapter 19? No, I think we're ready for to move on along. All right. Well, all of these the these musings, Matt's uh, mind palace, if 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 we, if we want to use that term, gets interrupted by a knock at the door. And that leads us into chapter 20, Visitations. Some memories continue to return as Matt is visited by very different women. Both will try to use him, but to what end? One thing Matt is sure of, the sooner he's out of Tarvalin and away from the Aes Sedai, the better. Uh, okay, 
so we get two visits from two very different women. <laughs> one of whom seems a little familiar. Would you think? A little bit. A little bit. Little bit. Uh, very <laughs> beautiful. Uh, clad in white and silver, dark, uh, dark hair, uh, black as night, I think it's described. Yep. Um, and we get a name. We do. Might not have been the name we were expecting at first. <laughs> but it's a name we've heard before. Yep. Uh, so, uh... This is Celine, a.k.a. Lanfear. <laughs> yes, sir. Can we, con- can we confirm that now? I think we can go uh, with that. that yeah. That's, you know, this is one of those moments that, you know, when, when we f- were first introduced to Celine on the podcast, because of my prior reading experience, I knew who it was. And yep. so I've been sitting on that and, and something else later in this chapter that I've, or in this, in tonight's episode that I've been sitting on too. Um, so now to finally be able to recognize that Celine w- was in fact Lanfear, not really in disguise because. <laughs> no, she's really not. She's really not disguising herself. The only thing she's disguised is her name. Yeah, because but we didn't know when we first met her who she was. Uh, I don't even know if we had yeah. heard. Maybe we had heard Lanfear's name just in passing at that point. But uh, yeah, we now seem to know um, that that woman that Rand met in the mirror world was none other than the Forsaken herself. Yeah. Um, Which is also a. Go ahead. It's a terrifying realization when you come to the understanding that that is Lanfear because they're afraid, as the seals have been weakening, that more and more of the Forsaken had gotten loose or were going to get loose. This is confirmation that way earlier than that, some pretty powerful, if not the most powerful, of the Forsaken are already loose. Yeah, and because um, they're the Omerlin and Moraine are worried about her getting free at the beginning of book two, and yeah. what we can realize if Selene is there that she's by the time they're worried about her getting loose, she's already she, free on the She's wall. already loose, and um, at least then we saw her only in the mirror world, but now here she is in the real world, and we've we've seen her another time too when she came to. Um, uh, when when she met men uh, there at the end of book two. Yeah. Well, so, and she was in Kyrian with Rand for a short time. That's right. After they got back from the mirror that, world. That's right. She was. Um, she chose to vanish again when Matt and Perrin and everyone showed up. Yeah. Uh, um, so that would explain probably why Celine was so tall uh, for someone from Kyrian, right? <laughs> yep. Because she isn't from Kyrian. She is not from Never Kyrian. Never was. Um, all right. Uh, I feel like I need to mention, uh, because I always like to mention this, how Matt, when Celine comes in and they start talking, um, his first thought is, man, I wish Rand or Perrin were here because they know how to talk to women. 
<laughs> yeah, because it's a very awkward introduction for Celine here. Uh, well, because of the state that Matt is in, <laughs> I would say Matt's standing there in the buff. <laughs> yep, completely nude, and uh, yeah, this woman just walks in, and he—I I, guess—did he not even realize that <laughs> he was? I don't think he. I don't think he had any like. It never crossed his mind. From the minute he woke up, he was just trying to piece together his memories, whatever was happening, and his brain was completely not thinking about the fact that he was just walking around naked. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, <laughs> he's in his own room, you know, private room, you know, why not? Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so Celine or Lanfear or whatever we're going to call her. <laughs> Celine Fear. Uh, how would you spell that? <laughs> uh, we'll figure it out. Um, yeah, so, uh, maybe unexpected to see her here. And, uh, my question is, you know, Matt seems to think she's somewhat familiar. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why would Matt find her familiar? Well, as far as I can recall, and viewers or listeners, if you're, if I'm wrong, Please leave a comment and let me know. But, as far as I can recall, in the flesh, Matt has never met Celine. Okay. But, we know that Lanfear likes to walk in the world of dreams. Yes, she does. Uh, she's already encountered Perrin there a couple chapters ago. So, my, my thought is that that is probably why she is familiar. That she has probably been visiting Matt in his dreams. Okay. And he doesn't fully remember, one, because he doesn't have any ties like Rand to the, he can't channel. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have the wolf dream. He's just an average person. So he's not going to remember his dreams like they would. Mm. Um, plus, he has all these memory issues right now. So even if he could remember dreams, those probably aren't top priorities for his mind to bring to the surface right now. Um, so I have a feeling that's probably why she seems familiar, is because she's been... Just as Balsamon did, messing around in dreams. Interesting. Uh, we need to get Matt some way to remember his his dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we need to get poor Matt a lot of things. Like he is very, <laughs> very defenseless. Yeah. Uh, against a lot of like everybody else has gotten. You know, the girls can channel. Rand can channel. Parents got the wolves. wolves. Poor Matt's just like. Over here, trying not to die from a, a crazy dagger. Yeah. Uh, everybody else, it's like everybody, it's like Father Christmas came and gave everybody else presents and left him with coal. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, well, the first thing we need to do is get him some clothes or maybe just a blanket he can wrap himself in. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, it probably wouldn't hurt him to have a little bit more food. So, but um, this is a an extensive conversation. There's a lot that um, is said. What do we need to highlight out of um, this well, conversation? I think the the first thing that strikes me is how Lanfear is talking with Matt. Yeah. Um, she very much acts as though him siding with her is a foregone conclusion. Like, with the others, with, like, Rand and with Perrin, it seems like she's, like, trying to convince and bargain and barter. With Matt, it just seems like she's like, eh, he'll be, he's gonna do, 
what I want. He has the same goals as me. It's almost as if she feels like Matt is something of a kindred spirit. Okay. Yeah, well, um, she brings up that um, that that old chorus of seeking glory again. Yeah. That we heard so much when she was with Rand, and she seems, you know, when when Matt kind of latches onto that, she's not surprised by it. Yeah. She she recognizes, you know, or she thinks that, yeah, that's the part that she that he would latch onto. So, uh, yeah. very different from his friends with regard to that. Yeah. No, and I think that is something about Matt and Lanfear here is I think they do have a lot of commonalities in their personalities. Um, it's a scary but, thought. <laughs> but there's a lot more to Matt. Yeah. That Lanfear isn't. Okay. Um, and I think that is going that leads to some confusion for Lanfear because she's only looking at how she would see things. And she thinks Matt obviously will see things that way as well. Yeah. Uh, but she's not taking into account other parts of his personality. Okay. She just feels like she's seen him. Oh, he's going to want glory like me. You know, he blew the horn. He, you know, he's taking, he, he has done the things that she keeps trying to push the others to do. So she sees somebody who's not afraid to do what needs done to take glory and seek after it. But yeah. she's not. She's not paying attention to the reasons why he does those things. Right. You know, she just assumes that it's like her, and she just wants he wants glory for glory's sake. Right. You mentioned you mentioned the horn that you know Matt didn't do that for the glory. He did it because they were in a dire situation, and somebody yeah. had to do it. Yep. It, it's she doesn't simple, know that. It's a she just no, knows she know that. he did it. Right. Yeah. Um, and she probably thinks that you know. You know, probably most men she's met or throughout her history. I mean, I mean, she's one of the forsaken. Uh, I'm sure the other forsaken probably fall into that category of they are doing things for glory. Yes, um, I imagine many of the men she's met fall into that category. But uh, so it's not surprising that she should think that way. Um, but I guess that tells us something about Matt's character. Yeah, that he's not. He's not like that. He's not. You know, I think it's even mentioned at one time, Matt's greatest ambition was to own the largest farm in the two rivers yeah. and to be known and to be as shrewd of a horse his trader as his equal. father. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was Matt's ambition. Now, he has greater ambitions now, mostly just because he wants to see more of the world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Matt's uh, <laughs> uh, changing quite a bit. Um, what is What does she want with Matt? She wants an active, I won't say partner, because obviously she does not see Matt as being on her level. Yeah. But I almost see like she maybe wants to recruit Matt as like a trusted lieutenant. Like still an underling, of course, but, you know, higher up than like a simple dark friend or something, you know, she wants yeah. Matt to basically come to her side, like work for her, work with her do her bidding, and in the return, she's offering him all these gifts and bounties and glory. She's offering him all the things that she would want <laughs> and that the people she's used to trying to manipulate want. Um, but I think that's what she wants. She wants a puppet, okay. but not necessarily one that she has to sit there and... Comp she basically wants him to come to her side. Okay. Um, 
of his free will, and she finally feels like she's found one of the boys who will. Because <laughs> that, that's kind of what she's been doing all along, is trying to get somebody like to follow yep. along with her, and yep. they haven't been willing at this point. And she, she makes mention of something, uh, and I think it's a, it's a interesting factor to store away in our heads, but uh, Lanfear doesn't like compulsions. Wait, what makes you say that? Well, she makes it a very big point, and I'll see if I can find the exact part, but she very much makes it clear that the choice is a choice. She could make him do it work for her if she wanted to, but she finds that it is better when people do things of their own free will. Okay. Basically, Lanfear's thoughts are that compulsion is a clumsy, blunt tool, basically. Um, it's much better when you can get somebody to actively come of their own free will, because compulsion is limited. Right. Compulsion only allows you to give certain commands, to instill certain directives. It has to be, like, there's a lot of oversight that, that it requires. She would rather just have him come of his own free will. She wants loyalty. She thinks, yes. She can force it with compulsion, but she doesn't like to. Right. She would rather manipulate and get people to come to her out of their own will, because then she has a better servant, a better tool as opposed to one that is only there by compulsion. Okay. Uh, uh, we definitely see some of her manipulation in this chapter, trying to plant seeds of distrust in Matt, uh, admitting that she would use him, um, but that almost seeming to say that she would be up front with him as well, <laughs> instead yeah. of trying to trying to use him in secret. And she, she says, I'll admit to you that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use you. The, the Aes Sedai won't do that. Uh, they'll uh, was it they'll keep him on a leash until he dies. Um, yeah, and she gives him quite a bit of interesting information too. Yeah, his father's uh, been there. Uh, yep. Tam's been there, which we find out a little bit later. It wasn't. I don't think it was as. You know, it wasn't the way she put it. Almost made it sound like it had been since he had arrived. Um, yeah. Uh. And that they were going to try to hide, but we we find out that it was long before anybody they even knew where Matt was. So, uh, what can you say in that situation? Uh, I don't know anything else we need to say about uh, what's what would we call her, Celine Fear? Because <laughs> we got another visit. Uh, um, just what do you think of her offer to for for Matt to? What what is her offer? Come serve her, and you'll have everything you want: riches, glory, honor, your life, freedom. Sounds sounds like what we've come to expect from her. Yeah. Um. I don't trust it. Well, I don't. I, think... I don't. I don't trust it, but I don't doubt that she couldn't do things. Format, yeah, but I there, there, think, there would be there would be strings attached, of course, of course. And she had, she tells him straight up that there's like you, you know, he would be hers, like to say, do with as she wished. But I think there would but, be things that she's not telling still. Well, sure, but I I see her offer 
much more it's very much more at face value as opposed to like when Balzaman was trying to convince them to come to him it was very manipulative and like coercive she is very much more like sure yeah you're gonna work for me I will use you you will be my puppet but you'd be one here for these Aes Sedai too so why not come with me and I'll make sure that if you do serve me you get all of this I think she genuinely would give him the things she's saying. I don't think that's a manipulation is what I'm trying to get at. I think for Lanfear, she genuinely, like, as long as he's doing what she wants, he'd probably live a pretty spectacular life. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's any trick to what she's saying there is what I'm saying. I think okay. she is being, she is doing something, and this is a thing that good, bad characters can do if they're written well. She can be evil all day long. Doesn't mean she's not honest. That's that's a good point. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, yeah, I think she's just she's she's shooting straight with Matt here, and you know you can kind of almost tell it at the end there because she's expecting. All right, let's go, and yeah. then he's like wants uh, time and maybe not. Of course, <laughs> yeah, but but and she, you know, your mention of that is is you know it's it's exactly you know her whole thing is, you know, the Aes Sedai are, you know, they're going to manipulate you. They're going to hide things from you. That's why she brings up the fact that his father had been there. Um, yeah. But, which proves to be true in a way. Yeah. But she uh, underestimates, I think she, as this show is true here, she's feeding him all of this because she wants to, uh, like create create this wedge between him and the Aes Sedai. Yeah. And I think part of her fault here and a flaw for Lanfear is that she's underestimating the Aes Sedai. Hmm. I think she's underestimating Matt too. Oh, she's definitely <laughs> underestimating Matt. Uh, yeah, no, but she has every reason to, there's no reason for her to expect any more from Matt. I mean, from her worldview, he's a nothing. Yeah. The only thing she's got with him is the fact that he threw the horn and he's Taviran. Yeah. Which everybody tends to forget. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it is easy to forget that Matt's Taviran. We hear about it so much with Rand. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's not the only visit that Matt has. Um, no. Almost <laughs> uh, with with Celine or Lanfear or Celine Fear barely being able to get out the door, we get the visit from... Uh, the Amberlin seat herself, and the keeper of the chronicles as well. Um, yep. And of course, all Matt wants to do is let them know, "Hey, I'm fine. I can go." Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm, I'll, I'll. There's even one moment he's like, "I'll be out of your hair," and, and I mean, I'll go on my way, um, mother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love how uh, Matt talks with the Omerlin here. Um, okay, yeah. Because it is so vastly different from how everyone else in the book so far has talked to Swan Sanchez. Okay. <laughs> like, he does not... Like, he stumbles around with his words, trying to remember to call her mother and that kind of thing, but he very much does not treat her like he treats her basically like, like if he was being scolded or gotten onto by a village midwife. Like 
he doesn't, you know, scrape and bow. He doesn't stutter and get like butterflies like Perrin. He doesn't like get all jumpy like Rand. He doesn't, you know, immediately shut up like the girls do. He doesn't know any better. <laughs> and so he just, he basically just treats like, I see him basically, he talks with her just like he would uh, Mr. Salvier or yeah. somebody back, you know, hmm. uh, at the, into the two rivers. So it's, it's almost comical to me how he, uh, he talks with her. It's very much, everybody else treats her like this, you know, a queen cause she's basically way higher than a queen. Right. And so for the first time in the entire book, somebody actually just talks to her like a regular old person, which is kind of hilarious <laughs> to me. Uh, of course uh, it would be Matt. <sighs> yeah. Of course it would be Matt. Um, so, cause he keeps like, he keeps cussing and catching yeah. himself and being like, <laughs> like, uh, you know, it's very, uh, uh, it's okay. It's almost like if Uno was sitting there right now <laughs> in some of it, uh, <laughs> like, it, you know how he's like trying hard to be right. all like formal and everything. Right. It's very much like that. Uh, uh, but Matt's, but yeah. Matt's not so much trying to be formal, but it, then when he thinks about it, he stops yeah. and catches himself and adds like a, uh, uh, mother, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, it's like, oh yeah, she's. It's like he keeps forgetting who she is, yeah, and just starts. He just lets his mouth go. He's just running his mouth, yeah, uh, because he is nervous and he's yeah. he, he's worried. There's almost something about that that would that that endears you to Matt, though. That you know, to to him, she's just another person. Yeah. Right. You know, and it's only when, you know, for a moment that he remembers that she has this high ranking power that he talks differently to her. Uh, yeah, it's it's like, you know, he sees her as a fellow human being. <laughs> yeah, that is one of the genuine qualities of Matt that I love. I do like that status for him, Matt means next to nothing. Yeah. Like he treats the guy he's rolling dice with in the bar, the same as he would a queen. Yeah. Like people are people to Matt, whether you have money, whether you have none, whether you have power, whether you don't, you're all, everybody is a person. Like he doesn't mm. view you as less than like, just because you have money, he doesn't view, view you as any better than right. the guy who makes bread down the corner. Right. Uh, there's is a very admirable way to treat the world. I was going to say there, there's, there's some, some wisdom in that, I think. Yeah. Um, we should all be more like Matt in that regard. <laughs> um, so, um, how soon can Matt leave? <laughs> well, according to Matt, he can be on the a boat tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but according to the I said I, a couple months, maybe a few years. <laughs> Upwards, you know. upwards of a year, I think the Amarlin said, which Matt was yeah a whole year, and she said, well, maybe not that long, but uh, yeah, yeah, they wanted him to stick around for a while. For one thing, you know, just him needing to get his strength back, which is going to be obvious, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, which, not to mention, as Lanfear predicted. They have their thought, their plans for him as well. Um, yep. Nate, Which I'm going to be honest. Go ahead. The Omerlin says upwards of a year here, and maybe not that long. 
but I get the distinct feeling that if she's got her way about it, Matt ain't going nowhere. <laughs> not not <laughs> not for a long time, if ever. Well, because they uh they need him for something. Yep. Um partially because of a decision that he himself made that we've already talked about, a decision he made not for glory, but now it turns out um maybe a uh uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Longer term decision or yeah, a more binding decision than he first realized? Yeah, and I think in uh, a lot of ways, Matt would probably see it as he crafted his own noose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, a good way to look at it. Because it is, he discovers, of course, that because of him choosing to blow the horn, he is now bound to it. As long as he I lives. We knew. Yeah, yeah. We knew that, but Matt didn't know it till right now. Matt, Matt was not uh, aware. <laughs> there was no disclaimer. There was no, like, red tag on the, the horn that said, By the way, if you blow this thing, your life is tied to us. Uh, <laughs> you know? No fine print. Uh, there was no fine, no fine print. You know, it wasn't like the Santa Claus card where you pull <laughs> up the magnifying glass and there's, like, little writing on it or something. You know, the horn's just there and he blew it the stories don't mention it so how is he gonna know right <laughs> uh but it, it turns out he is tied to it and um if if swan has her way he'll be blowing that horn at the last battle seems like yep well uh, which she is, doesn't give him any choice because if he doesn't that means he's gonna die right the only the only other option <laughs> is for matt to die um i, yep. I would i would say Hey, where's the horn? Give it to me. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. And that's what he pretty much does. He's like, you want me to sound the horn? I'll sound your horn. You know, he's like, like, hold up. You know, if you, that's what you want, <laughs> he gets really agreeable all of a sudden once he realizes. If that's, uh, if that's what it takes know, to live. <laughs> yeah, because, it, and it's, it also puts him off because he realizes they could have just let him die. Right. So now he's in her debt. Uh, which so, we, we, we wondered for a few chapters whether or not they would let him die. Yeah. Or if they would well, I think she him. honest she genuinely considered yeah. not saving oh, him. Absolutely. I, I, I believe that one hundred percent. yeah. I think in the end she just decided he would be a more worthwhile pawn than to be dead. Here we go with pawns again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Yeah. I I also, I can't not mention it. I love how she keeps using, because she grew up in a fishing village all as a fisherman's her, daughter, yeah. she uses all these fishing things, and Matt's like, what are you even saying? I, I, I don't, don't understand half of the words I, you're I, talking about. I've never had much to do with boats. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, you're just, it's like you're talking Chinese all of a sudden, like, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, like. Talk about a horse. I know about horses. He knows about <laughs> horses. He knows about uh, he knows about farming. He don't know much about yeah. boats. No, uh, he he grew up in a landlocked. They had a river. <laughs> he knows what a boat is, yeah. but that's about the extent of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and well, you know, but, from from what we've learned from Perrin, uh, they do just as maybe do just as much fishing by hand as by anything else. So, <laughs> yep. Um, Anyway, uh, so Matt's had an eventful day. Uh, I don't know how long he was asleep after 
um, after the healing, but uh, even after waking up, it's been an eventful day. He's had some interesting visits, uh, some things to ponder, um, but we're not going to find out right away what uh, what's going on with Matt any further, because we have another uh, point of view to consider. Or should we hold off on that until next week? Because we're already close to an hour in, and I think there's quite a bit that we need to discuss. Yeah. So, I was getting ahead of myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, should we hold off on chapter 21? And maybe... I wonder... Go ahead. I wonder, because there's just, there's quite a bit to get into in chapter 21. Yeah, there is. Um, Some of which I've been... I've I've been sitting on (laughs) since we started this, because I knew some of this that was coming down the pipeline. Um, so yeah, we'll just put off, uh, chapter 21 until next week then. Okay. And, uh, listeners, if you already read, uh, that chapter, well, you're, you're, you're a little bit ahead of the game, uh, for next week's discussion and, uh, we'll be, um, we'll be ready for that uh, on the next episode. So, uh, well then I guess that would bring us to final thoughts yeah um and i'm sorry for being abrupt with that i was just noticed we were getting to the end of that and i was like looking at the clock and i was like yeah "Hmm." Yeah. (laughs) Uh, which may make this a little bit of a shorter episode than what we normally do but uh if if we if we start diving into that now we might go two hours (laughs) yeah it there's a pretty significant chunk gonna be in there um, um, but yeah, I, I, I love these two chapters and I think that's evident by the fact that we are almost an hour in and we got through just these two chapters cause they're not big, right? They're not, there's not a lot of page numbers in these chapters. Um, but there's so much that happens here, especially finally getting a little bit of Matt character because he's been in the last two books, but you know, he, other than being possessed, that's really all he does in the first that, two books. That's like, all. That's all Matt's been. Yeah. Yeah. He got the the blow the horn at the very end of last book. Yeah. But otherwise, you know, there hasn't been a lot. Everybody else has been growing and changing, and Matt's just been kind of possessed. Mm. Uh, and so we finally get a little bit of time with him in these two chapters, and it's just it opens up so much of his character, and shows so much about him. I just love it. Mm. Uh, and it's fun to also see how other people in this world are interacting with him now um from Landfear to swan uh it's very neat to see that interaction happening here um i think if i was matt after this conversation with the omerlin celine's whole thing makes a lot more sense all of a sudden mm. <laughs> Because uh, now he knows about the bond to the horn. Right. Uh, so, um, but yeah, there's definitely some things. Uh, the one thing I don't think we need to not mention, I forgot to put this in the notes, but Celine tells Matt that their block, the Black Aja is real. And there's a part when Matt is talking with Swan where he's like, do you not trust your own Asadai? Like, he's mm. trying to probe. Yeah. Uh, which is not something anybody else 
has bothered to do with Swan. Like the others, when they have conversations with her, very much let her lead the conversation where she wants it. There's very little, you know, back and forth. Matt is actually like trying to get information out of her, <laughs> which is kind of fun. Yeah. You know, now that you mention that, it kind of makes me a little worried for Matt. That, you know, with some of the things that Celine told him being confirmed. Yeah. That he could lean that way. I hope not. Mm-hmm. I hope not. But uh, it gets me a little worried. Either way, I, I, I think, you know, Lanfear is the worst. Um, yeah. She's manipulative. And, and and I think it's, you know, you mentioned her honesty. I think it's her honesty that makes her so, so awful as far as her yeah. manipulation. Because she's she's telling you the truth but she's telling you the truth in a way to get you to see things from her side and that's you know, just it's absolutely that you dangerous mentioned that because that's exactly what the world knows the eyes to die for that's true but that's just <laughs> exceedingly dangerous and i'll just i'll close with this we brought this up uh let, let's you know uh, get a little philosophical or maybe uh public service announcement here um let's see people the way matt sees people how about that yes treat people the same way treat people right uh rather they're uh the most beautiful woman you've ever seen in silver and white with raven black hair or uh the dude you're shooting dice with down at the pub (laughs) yeah um so life lessons uh from Matram Cawthon. Didn't we have life lessons with somebody else a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> I think we did. Yeah. Um, so this week, so. this week we're having life lessons with Matram Cawthon. Uh, anything else yep. from you? Uh, no, I'm just, I, I've been waiting. <laughs> Every episode before now has been waiting for me, has been waiting for this episode. <laughs> uh, so I am just ecstatic to finally get some Matt uh, and to see how what he does at play in this world because uh, we finally get we're finally going to get to see him actually take an active role okay. his role up until now has completely been passive everything has been happening to him yeah now we're finally going to get to see him taking action on this world which i love awesome <laughs> i can't wait to get more into it um, but that's gonna have to wait i guess so uh, we'll go ahead and close it out say thank you to everyone for joining us this week uh, remind you that you can find new episodes on Tuesdays, and if you want to make sure you get those episodes when they're released, go ahead and hit that subscribe button or add it, follow it. Uh, however, I think I, I Apple Podcast has changed. I think it's a different word than subscribe now. Either way, uh, do what you have to do to make sure that you get this podcast as soon as it's available. Uh, we would also love it if you would rate or review. Uh, that would be great for us to maybe uh, get more listeners. Uh, we want to keep doing this. We want uh, more people to join in on the fun. And speaking of that, you can always uh, join with us on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. Uh, you can email us. All of that information available in the show notes. Um, um, yeah, we're still on Twitter. We're not on anything else yet. Uh, I know a lot of folks have been jumping ship there, but. Uh, Uh, We're still on Twitter, and uh, maybe we need to be 
a little bit better about the social media. I haven't been very good about that, but uh, we'll work on but that. But in with with regards to the social media and email, um, we are going to have another Q and A at the end of the season. That's right. So we would love it if y'all would start submitting some questions so that we can answer those in that episode. Yeah, Stephen doesn't want to just answer my questions. <laughs> he answers my questions every week. He doesn't want to answer my questions any more than he has to. <laughs> yeah. So we would love it if y'all, uh, you know, don't have to be shy. We'd love it if y'all would send us some questions. That would be great. Absolutely. Uh, it would be thrilling, actually. <laughs> Absolutely. I would I would love to hear from, from our listeners for sure. Uh, we've heard from a few from time to time, but uh, we want to hear from you some more. Anyway. Uh, next week, uh, we know we're doing chapter 21. Uh, what else are we going to do next week? Next week, we will do chapters 21 and through 23. Okay. 21 through 23. I think 23 was, it was a pretty short chapter. Um, I know yeah. 22 is a longer one. I'm already kind of, uh, preparing for next, next episode, but, uh, maybe we can get through all of that next week. We'll find out. Uh, should be a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, I think we can, we should be able to make it through those. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Me too. And listeners, I hope you're looking forward to it as well. And um, next time we, we get together, it'll be chapters 21 through 23. And with that, I guess we'll go ahead and sign off for this week. Hope that you have a wonderful rest of your week. And... We'll see you here next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, folks.